0: Hello,
1: ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Worthless Knowledge Podcast. My name is Johnny Goodtimes.
0: I'm Nat the Truth Jones.
1: And it is a pleasure to be with you. Uh, whenever you're listening, obviously, but we're recording uh, the day after one of our heroes passed on and uh, just want to pour a little bit out for uh, our homeboy, uh, Bernie Madoff, um, who passed away yesterday um, at the uh, tender young age of 60 something. Gone too soon,
0: Johnny. Gone too soon.
1: Just wanted to see if you had any special memories or any um any lasting thoughts of a man we both affectionately referred to as the burn.
0: (laughs) We refer to him that way with such affection and Mm -hmm. always have. How likely on a scale of one to 10, do you think that you are to be caught up in some sort of a Ponzi scheme, not to organize it per se, but to be sucked in?
1: Didn't we talk about this one time? Did we talk about this on one of the episodes? We've had a wide
0: array of conversations.
1: Yeah, no, but about, uh, I almost got involved with the Ponzi scheme. That was really just basically they were trying to uh, convert people's um, phones.
0: Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. We talked about that just a few episodes ago about as much as the cold episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't I don't think that that's what Bernie had going on.
1: No, well, Bernie was uh, that's like what do they call a multi-tiered marketing campaign, which is just what the you know, it's a pyramid scheme. So it is the same thing. I mean, it's a pyramid scheme, but his was just on a much grander scale. I mean, I can break it down. The very basic one I fell prey to freshman year in college, which was put one hundred fifty dollars in, then find eight people to give you $150, which you then give to the guy above you and move up one rung in the ladder, which was very specifically said to me, uh, I ended up splitting at 75 each. I didn't want to go too deep into that hole without really learning the ramifications. And so, yeah, so I you know, I paid in my 75, he paid in his 75, and then we started uh, trying to recruit eight people between the two of us and uh, recruited zero people uh, because they all said, what are you, a fucking idiot? Why would you be involved in a pyramid scheme? And so that ended the pyramid scheme. And that there went my $75 to whatever lucky man was at the top and had uh, had an intermediary act as
0: an extortionist, more or less. (laughs) Not really. I mean, I willingly gave him the money. The man at the top was so lucky. Yeah. He was such a lucky man. And the thing is, you know, you only fell eight people short of your goal.
1: You know, what is that like 1200 bucks? So like it was eight, if I could have gotten like 1200 bucks raised, then I would have gone up a tier. And then, you know, you got people. It's not
0: even about the money. It's the rung on the proverbial ladder that you're referring to.
1: Oh, sure. There's some power involved. I mean, I'd learned a valuable lesson. And you got to think, you know, for 75 bucks, that's not a bad lesson to learn. The people that felt the burn, a lot of them uh, learned it at the lesson of tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars, oftentimes their entire life savings.
0: If you were going to pour one out for Bernie, Bernie Madoff, if you were going to pour one out, what would you pour out? What would be the most appropriate thing to pour out? Because I have a great example, but I'm wondering what you thought.
1: Well, I mean, typically I'm going to pour out a 40 of malt liquor bowl. Right. Typically. Um, I mean, that was the drink of choice when I was 15.
0: And um, I'm sure Bernie's drink of choice as well. What was yours? I would think that the most appropriate on the nose thing to pour out for Bernie would be one of those uh, Thomas Jefferson bottles of wine that that guy supposedly found and, and were sold for millions and millions of dollars, but were Proven without a shadow of a doubt to be fakes. So something really, really expensive that turned out to be worth nothing.
1: I mean, I think it's fair to say that you and I are huge fans of scam art and we really appreciate the craft.
0: And are not opposed 100 percent to being scammed ourselves. (laughs) If you've got a scam, you're you're cooking up and you want to. Try it out on a couple guys, a couple unsuspecting, maybe not even unsuspecting. Maybe we even see it coming, but wouldn't mind just being part of the game for a little while. We encourage you to email the podcast or just call us directly or just show up at our homes. If you've got a harebrained scheme, we're willing to not only hear it, but most likely invest. I mean, and so, back you know. it financially.
1: You know that's something to keep in mind for our listeners. You know, if you're out there and you just got you just got this crazy thought that you want to turn into action, let us be the first two guys you come to looking for money.
0: Which we have in abundance.
1: That's right. What they call you know what they call us? They call us angel investors.
0: Yeah, they call us angel investors. They also call us pigeons sometimes.
1: Yeah, they also call us morons
0: and rubes.
1: Let's get to today's topic, and it is uh, another one that we're both, you know, very passionate about. Uh, Last week on the quiz, I had a question about the original one was located in Chicago, and the second one was located in Los Angeles. And I was, of course, referring to the Playboy Mansion. The Playboy Mansion, um, obviously a place Nat and I have both spent a lot of time at, and we're looking forward to teaching you
0: at home more about. Our friend, Chip Chantry, who was with us last week, we're sad to say he couldn't be with us today. He's actually written several books on the subject, and I've read most of those books. Let's take the story back to its origins, and that
1: would be 1953, when uh, Hugh Hefner had a harebrained scheme and raised $8,000 from investors, including 1000 from his mother, to start Playboy. It was originally going to be titled
0: Stag Party blood opportunity there.
1: Yeah. There was already a magazine called Stag. So they were threatened to sue him. So he had to change the name. Friend said Playboy. And uh, he said, hey, that sounds pretty good. First issue of the magazine, he had Marilyn Monroe on the cover. And that's really what kicked off the whole thing. Now, the kind of interesting part of that whole deal is that he didn't own those photos. He didn't take those photos. She never received any money for those, He, except she had taken them like four years earlier. He had gotten a hold of them and decided to put her on the cover of the first Playboy
0: magazine. He just got a hold of them.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, I know that. That feels like that's probably a story in and of itself. He he got a hold of them and he put them in the in the magazine and the magazine sold out almost immediately and things really started to take off from there you know because by the time that he had you know by the time he released the magazine she had become Marilyn Monroe had become somewhat famous so anyway within a few years uh, the magazine it turns out uh, there's a lot of men that like to look at magazines filled with
0: beautiful naked women uh you know who knew why didn't they just go on the internet johnny
1: well, that, uh, this is before the internet. Now, the ENIAC computer had been invented in 1946 here in Philadelphia. Uh, however, there was not a connecting service between computers. So uh, you had to go to a magazine if you wanted to see naked women. Now,
0: So magazines were kind of like the internet of the 1950s.
1: Correct. So, I want to ask you, what is your? Do you have like a first memory or a first re- recollection of Playboy magazine? Because I feel like for guys our age, it was sort of a coming of age type thing.
0: Well, I remember I first like heard that it existed when I was four or five years old, and was blown away by that. wasn't particularly excited by it at that age, but was just like, <laughs> well, that's that's interesting. Like, there's a magazine you're not really supposed to have. I remember I was, I was introduced to the concept of Playboy and Penthouse at the same time. They were just like, yeah, these are, these are the big hitters in the field, kind of. Um, and the, so my first memory of actually seeing, I think, or hearing about it, Playboy was at our mutual friend's house, uh, whose father had them.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Quite a collection.
1: Quite a collection. Uh, we did have a mutual friend whose father had uh, a subscription. and he I, really- I thought
0: that was so cool, by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, so cool. Was like, My dad's yeah. way too lame to have something like that come into the house. This guy? No. <laughs> no. He was looking think- every one out every 30 days. He was at the mailbox waiting for that happy...
1: Oh, man. I guarantee you that was one of the highlights of the month. I mean, top five easily. Can you imagine how
0: jazzed you must have been? Because, I mean, I remember I we had a Sports Illustrated subscription and I was just really getting mail has changed a lot. Mm
1: -hmm. Just like
0: getting stuff in the mail. I mean, I used to get a decent amount of mail and I was a kid and you know I, there's a couple magazines I've, i was into baseball cards in like the late 80s for a while i was getting a baseball cards magazine that was really exciting can you imagine getting this just thick big colorful glossy magazine filled with uh x-rated pictures yeah How excited yeah. you must have been on that yeah. day you been, ah, it's like the 19th it it's <laughs> might be in the mailbox today
1: Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's, it's so crazy to think back at that time, there really was no other way to see beautiful naked women.
0: Unless you happen to be married to one and she was like (laughs) looking to give you a show. But I mean, how many of us, what percentage of us are lucky enough to be married to, you know, playboy quality, beautiful women, not a super high percentage.
1: Two of us in this podcast, but that's, uh, you know, but most of the folks listening at home no,
0: don't have that luxury. No, we're, we're the lucky ones. But like I said, it's a small percentage of people. And you're right. Like that was that was where you could see it. Nowhere right. else or unless you were in one of those peep boots in New York or whatever. Right. Unless you.
1: Yeah. But that took a lot of work. I mean, that's, you know, that's like a 12 hour car ride from Virginia. Yeah. You have to and make they, a day of it. And then you got to go to like kind of a sketchy area of um, of Manhattan, and you got to go into a really uncomfortable building. You got to exchange your your money for some tokens. And then you have to, you know, then you go back there and then, and and i got to say with some regret that I don't really know how that whole thing works.
0: Do you mean financially? Um, I, you just don't, you yeah, don't understand how it learning. makes money? <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I've not been to a peep show, which is a little, I'm a little disappointed in myself to say that. I mean, I've been to strip clubs, but I've never been to... uh,
0: We know uh, you've been to strip clubs, Johnny. Yeah, sure. Strip Uh, club Club, Johnny is what we called him back in the day. (laughs) That's right. Used to visit all the Eastern Shores hottest strip clubs. (laughs) Uh, Even some of the less hot ones. (laughs) There's one in Pungateague that, uh, you know, just not known for being like the high class ones, but Johnny was there every Wednesday afternoon. That's right. That's right. Well, it was the Wednesday happy hour. I mean, how could you not? Getting back to the point, so back then,
1: that was really unless you were going to really take a long drive to New York City, the only way you were going to get a hold of um, you know some pictures like of this quality. And so it was a big deal. Our mutual friend's father, who shall remain nameless, uh, had a collection. He had him like just in the magazine rack, if memory serves. And you, the memory you know,
0: serves correctly.
1: Yeah, and and you would just go over to his house, and you could just open that magazine right up. Now you had to put it back exactly where you found it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were in order. Yeah, that was a big, big rule. Was you're only allowed to look at my dad's Playboys if you put them back exactly where you found them. Um, And then you know, and then I remember buying one. I bought my first used Playboy, which was like a 1971 edition from a, a neighbor. Uh, he sold it to me for five bucks, which was a terrible deal. I mean, five bucks back then was a lot of money. And this was like a really bad, it was like 1971. And it was just like a woman walking around the woods. It was and just can like, we
0: just, just kind of back up, rewind just a tiny bit and just kind of unpack the whole used Playboy concept.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, you How know. used was it? obviously plenty i mean it's 1971 and we're probably talking about you know this is probably 1986 87 it had been
0: used for 15 years or so
1: <laughs> yeah
0: well loved
1: right 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 it was a well-loved uh uh copy and i remember like there used to be rumors you know that there were other ones buried uh that there yes were guys that yes. were like yeah had like buried uh you know basically essentially a treasure chest if you will Um, That was filled with Playboys out in the woods.
0: Um, I remember that being a rumor, but I remember not ever getting to the
1: bottom of that rumor.
0: We dug a lot of holes, let's just say it was kind of like Goonies, but on the shore.
1: Yeah, it was like it's like what they call it. It's like Oak Island, where they just keep trying yep. to find the treasure and the sand just keeps sinking back on top of it. It, yep. it was kind of like that, just an absolute exercise in futility. Um, and for all we know, that treasure chest is still out there. So if you're around the Nassauautix woods and you'd love to get your hands on some uh, late 70s, early 80s editions of Playboy. Some just, used Playboys. You might want to start digging around because I heard a rumor back in the late 80s and, and, and I assume right, it right. to
0: be true. Right, we heard a rumor from an older boy. <laughs> Who shall remain nameless. That's the important thing here, folks. We're not trying to dime no, people the out. The important like, thing is that no one's name is going to be used. But <laughs> no I heard goodness. the same rumor. Let's just say we lived in a relatively small neighborhood and we were subject to the same rumor mill. So <laughs> the rumors that Johnny heard, they trickled down to me
1: right right right
0: and um, the rumors that johnny believed i believed him too sure and sure. still do
1: oh uh, absolutely oh i'm sure that, that it's still there i mean it's bugging the hell out of me you know where that freaking thing is they might be worth something now i don't know i don't know if like vintage copies of uh playboy are worth anything um but i'm guessing they are not as much uh, as used ones Well, that's the other word for
0: vintage, I think. Right. But used Uh, is a lot funnier when it comes to Playboy. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it is. So you bought one. It was just a woman walking around in the woods. Yeah, it was just a
1: woman walking around in the
0: woods. Where'd you Uh, keep it? Where'd you keep it once you got it? Did you bury it? No, I think I put it in the magazine rack in your parents' house right out in the front room.
1: No, definitely not. I used to hide it like inside another book on my bookcase. The Bible? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no no i feel like i used to hide it inside a a, a sports trivia book as a matter of fact that I had a is big
0: wow full book. circle
1: yeah yeah i haven't thought about that in a while but i do think i i do kind of like have this very vague memory of 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 that of hi- needing to hide it and also the fact i had that very big sports trivia book and i kind of feel like that that was where it, where it went let's get back to the, to the playboy mansion. You know, we'll get, a, we'll get away from the treasure hunting in the woods of Nassauatics. And so Hugh Hefner buys a mansion in Chicago and it is pretty spectacular. The guy's doing great. It's the late fifties magazine's selling out every copy. Uh, he's also started hiring like really good writers. He's started. And, and so he buys this mansion and he starts putting on these just, incredible parties. And I feel like that's really a good way to to get people on your side is if you throw a good party. Like yep. I think throwing a good party is one of the great human skills that's kind of underrated. There's a lot of value in throwing a, a good party, not just both in terms of having fun. And also in terms of, you know, forming alliances and stuff, people think about you and like, ah, that guy throws a good party. So I feel like he throws these good parties and playboy becomes more and more sort of mainstream in a sense. He's got a basement in uh, the mansion, which had a swimming pool with a glass wall and attached bar. And in addition, there was a bowling alley. We've been talking, my wife and I have been talking about, you know, finishing the basement. I would really love to approach her with the idea of a pool slash bar with a bowling alley on the side. Does that sound to you like the dream basement?
0: No, it seems... Like something that I would have been really excited about or into around the same time that I was interested in the woods. Uh, Yes, I was literally what I was going to say. Like around that same age, if you had said to me, yo, man, this is what I'm going to put in your basement, I would have thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Right now, that would not appeal to me. I'm not having as many just huge, lavish parties with models as I used to. In my house. So I would mostly just be swimming up to that bar, um, which I'm assuming would be staffed. I'm assuming there would be a a bartender who I'm keeping on full time It would mostly just be me just kind of dog paddling up to him and uh, ordering a martini. I mean, you'd be (laughs) hemorrhaging money. (laughs) It would be such a just a money pit. You're right. Oh, my gosh. It's like I, I finished the basement, say that that cost me, say, 80 to 100 grand to put all that stuff in. And then I just sit back and wait for the money to roll in. It's like I look at my financial statements after two or three months and it's I'm expecting to be in the black at least. You're 200,000 in the hole. You know, you've, you've got like six, and, six people living at your house full time that you're employing. And you've only had like two or three people even over, over to your house in the last two months. I mean, look at these labor
1: costs. Yeah, these labor costs are, 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 are just absolutely exorbitant. And on top of that, you're paying for drinks at your own house.
0: Right. You're buying the liquor. You're the one supplying the liquor, and you're no, paying, You're, you're paying right. full, full. You're paying completely full, marked up price. You're paying fifteen dollars for a screwdriver on a bottle of vodka that you bought yourself. And who knows where that money's going? But it's not yeah. going back into your pocket.
1: Right, right. You you spend and you $11. don't even
0: bowl. You've bowled
1: like once. You spent eleven dollars on that bottle of vodka, and now they're turning around and charging you fifteen dollars for a,
0: a screwdriver. And so now you're out twenty six dollars. You're the only customer at this bar. You're yeah. the only. You're the only one there. You're turning around. You've paid hundred and fifty dollars back to them for this bottle of vodka. You swim a couple laps, and then like the check comes, and you just roll your eyes. You've got like a bathroom attendant downstairs and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, right, you got to tip him every time you go to the bathroom.
0: No, it doesn't sound like a great basement design for me anymore, with my current lifestyle. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows what the future will bring.
1: They do the parties in Chicago in the 60s. They start these Playboy Clubs, which are basically bars. That aren't really quite strip clubs, but they're women wearing the little bunny outfit and like it's leaning. It's like Hooters. Back. Yeah, right. It's like the original Hooters, except except like the classy Hooters.
0: Hooters is just like the jungle. It's not civilized. That's the problem with Hooters, is just how not civilized it is. I've been to the original Hooters, by the way. Where is it? Clearwater, Florida. You've been to Hooters a few times though, right?
1: Yeah, I've been to a few different Hooters.
0: Yeah, I've been to Hooters, I think, twice. And um, enjoyed myself both times.
1: But anyway, yeah, so they the things start, you know, rolling in the 60s. They're doing well. They go into the 70s. Then there's like an FBI sting because they're trying to, they think there's like drugs at the Playboy Mansion. What a
0: preposterous
1: thing to think. Yeah, I mean, the idea that people would just be running around this giant mansion filled with beautiful women. In bunny suits. Yeah. I mean, and what you think they're just everybody's just doing a bunch of blow. I mean, that's just that's how they they try to do you when you get too when you get too popular. That's my biggest worry for this podcast is that we get so big and so popular that the FBI starts trying to you know plant blow on us at one of our parties in the basement.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to decide would I be more surprised if I found out you were Q. (laughs) <laughs> or if I found out that there had been a huge drug sting at your house and they had found like a suitcase filled with cocaine. I'm trying to think which of those things would surprise me. I think the cocaine well, I mean, surprised I especially
1: surprised when, you, when they, they said they found the suitcase like down in the basement right next to the bowling alley.
0: Where else would you keep your cocaine?
1: Me being Q wouldn't be that shocking when you consider that I'm uh, the preeminent host of Quizzo.
0: If we were just a little bit bigger and that got put out on the air to the right people, The fact that what you do for a living starts with a cue would probably get at least a few hundred people thinking that you were involved some way in the conspiracy.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, Those folks, the reasoning skills aren't the sharpest. So the, you know, the FBI tries to set him up. His secretary ends up committing suicide. It's a whole like tragedy. And he says, I'm out of here. I don't want to be around Chicago anymore. And he goes, you know where I'm going to go? I'm going to go somewhere in 1975 where there is no cocaine. So they're not going to have any reason to come after me. And that is Los
0: Angeles. Which I believe, I believe in 1975, Prohibition was still in effect in Los Angeles.
1: He moves out to LA. He buys this mansion for like $1.1 million, which was like a record at the time. You know, this one's almost really a, a bigger and better one than the uh, one in Chicago. And there's a few interesting little twists on the new Playboy mansion. Do tell. One of them is that it is uh, one of the only private residences in California that has a zoo license. There are wild birds wandering around the grounds. There are monkeys in cages. There is uh, actually a pet cemetery on the grounds. That's fun. Yeah.
0: I find the best big, just fun get down parties that you remember, there's always an animal graveyard somewhere on site.
1: Uh, by the late 70s, things are starting to get a little bit different. Uh, feminism is kind of in full swing. People aren't big fans of the Playboy Club anymore. Those things start going under. You know, but they still have pretty good magazine circulation. And also the uh, the other thing that uh, they've got going on at this point is the VHS tape boom. And we've discussed before uh, that every video store had a little section in the back that... Um, you kind of pretended wasn't there almost.
0: Uh, (laughs) almost, When you went went back into that section, you would just, you would kind of, it would always be like you'd kind of wander by it and then you'd kind of be like, oh, like you hadn't noticed it before. You're like, oh, wonder what's back here. Like you would kind of wander around the rest of the store, browse, see what's there. And then you just kind of happen upon the beaded section uh, with the curtain and you go back there when clearly you went, 100 percent to go into that section in the first place but you just browse a little bit it's like when you buy something embarrassing but you mix in a bunch of regular products with it right 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 if you're getting like like, preparation nobody goes to store and just gets preparation no you get a couple packs of gum you get get a couple (laughs) just mix a couple other things in like when i go to the video store i'm like oh this is a Wow, I get just about anything. Let's see. I'll get uh, Ghostbusters. Why not? <laughs> um, hey, that could be good. And then you just stumble acro- across the beaded section. Whoa, what's in here?
1: Maybe yeah, I'll throw uh, maybe I'll throw Giant Hooters Seven in there. What the heck?
0: <laughs> Why not? The kids might enjoy this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, so yeah. So the VHS boom, I think, sort of uh, sort of helps the operation out. Um, and I've got. A uh, one thing that I've I found amusing. There's many things I found amusing about the mansion, um, one of which is that um, a reporter once wrote, Hefner controls his kingdom from the seven foot circular power driven vibratable bed, which rotates as well. Uh, so a couple things I want to dig into here. And one it's of similar which-
0: to the to where I control my kingdom from.
1: The disappearance of the vibratable bed is something I have a lot of regret about. I shouldn't say regret, but disappointment. Disappointment in the desires of the contemporary uh, American. The vibratable bed is one of the great all-time inventions. It's so ridiculous. (laughs) For whatever reason, they really went away. Like, I remember, like, them being a thing. I don't remember, like, actually, like... Laying in one, but I remember them being a thing. I've never been in a vibratable bed.
0: How hard did they vibrate?
1: Well, I think that's
0: you know, were there settings
1: varied kind of from hotel to hotel? I don't think there was like a universal, uh, a universal shakes per minute.
0: There wasn't like a standard, like 40 shakes per minute. This is pretty basic. Now, this <laughs> I'm picturing like a car salesman, <laughs> like trying to this baby will give you 85 shakes a minute and you won't even, like, you know, you won't even hear the hum of the engine. Yeah, I mean, I feel like. Imagine, like, trying to talk to somebody, like, <laughs> like you're just vibrating like crazy and this is where you run your kingdom from. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, it would probably be annoying if you're having, like, a business meeting and all of a sudden the thing starts acting up. <laughs> You're trying to like drink and everything it's just you're trying to sign your contracts and your uh, your signature just looks like chicken scratch, but that's just oh, the price you pay. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's the price of doing business with me. It's all going to take <laughs> place on this bed. You're not going to be able to read my signature. You're going to spill. You better. You're going to spill whatever drink you have all over yourself. Right. 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 Yeah. No. There's some drawbacks.
1: I don't feel like vibratable bed is particularly sexy. Like No, it, it, I don't either. Like, and I know sexy. No, no, don't you? Don't you ever? And I don't think rotating bed is all that sexy either. Like, I feel like that's <laughs> a little, almost
0: a lot. <laughs> I mean, in, in my room, that would mean I was getting a good view of just like from a pretty close distance of, of two walls. Right. Half the time, you're looking just at drywall. <laughs> you're waiting for that one good angle. And it builds up the anticipation, which gets you excited, and coupled with the vibrating, well, that could just drive a man insane, practically. Sexually, that is. I think that the rotating bed like doesn't appeal
1: to me at all. I mean, I think that it's uh, even probably something that would make me dizzy and probably a little bit uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> That's another thing. Have you ever been in one of those rotating uh, restaurants? You know, I think I have. I can't specifically tell you that I have. Uh, I, it's possible I'm just kind of creating. You ever just create a memory that you didn't have?
1: Yeah, well, and, I, and I, You know, it's funny. I feel like I have the exact same memory. Like, <laughs> I, exact...
0: Um... <laughs> probably I like, like, like a, a mutual happy. friend of ours has probably been to one and told us about it once. And, we're, and then over the course of time, the two of us have just decided that we were there as well. We brag about it at Cocktail parties. <laughs> yeah, so it's weird. I can't tell you for sure if I have been or not, but I kind of think I have.
1: I mean, if I had, I feel like it would have been in New York. I feel like I did, but I've been in some tall buildings. I know that. Sure, I've been uh, in the
0: Empire State Building. That's-
1: I think I've been in a rotating building, and I think it made me
0: uncomfortable. That's funny. That's my loose perhaps invented memory of it as as well is that it was a little bit unsettling again neither one of us can really tell you conclusively if these are actual memories
1: the listener is learning
0: a lot today the listener is the real winner here (laughs) yeah so i don't know i don't know but i I would i'm going to talk about it as if i'm at least somewhat of an expert on the subject do you think you could get a vibrating bed now if you wanted to i'm sure you could you could get everything I mean what do you think of what do you think a vibrating bed goes for these days well you 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 got an internet connection there right
1: hmm Uh, magic fingers bed relaxation system wow
0: you got your foot in the door with me
1: (laughs) well I mean you know I think we might be looking for our first sponsorship and this seems like the perfect one I would love to
0: read copy for these guys
1: Folks, are you looking to vibrate a bit more before when you go to bed at night? (laughs) Thought about how comfortable it would be if the John uh, Hoogtaling-inspired Magic Fingers device would vibrate under your mattress for 15 minutes, promising escape from the
0: work a day non-vibrating bed world? That's what I think about. When I think about a vibrating bed, that's what I'm thinking I'm thinking about an escape oh man, now I don't have to think about how terrible the rest of my life is because I'm vibrating on this bed at 85 vibrations per minute. Now it doesn't matter that I don't have a job.
1: Right, and I don't want to uh, steer people in the wrong direction, um, but obviously Magic Fingers is a product that you and I both love. Uh, It's improved both our nightly sleeps, our love lives, and also the the wild and uh, lascivious parties we host. Um, So yeah, go to magicfingers.us and start your new life with a new vibrating
0: bed. And it's fun for the kids.
1: You know, he had had kids back in like the 50s, and then he had like a second set of kids in like the 90s or the 80s. so at that point, the game room became an actual, like, pretty sweet deal for those kids. They, like, got to grow up in a, in, a, in a game room. And here's the part that's kind of funny, because, you know, he, you might be surprised to learn this, but he and his wife that he had the kids with ended up breaking up. What? Yeah, yeah, surprising with that. The mansion next door is a mirror image of the Playboy Mansion layout, only smaller and was purchased by Hafner in 1996 as the home for his separated wife, Kimberly Conrad, and their children, Marston and Cooper. I'm just gonna give
0: you a smaller version of this. Like, there's gonna be a vibrating bed. It's not gonna be as big. Oh, it's a twin. It's not gonna vibrate quite as fast. It's not mm-hmm. gonna rotate uh, quite as well, but this is where I want you to raise our children. Can you imagine being raised next door to where your father lives and your father's just having these gigantic you know orgy parties
1: yeah i well the thing i kind of find amazing is that there is a miniature exact replica of the house next door sure like right. like i would love to have a miniature replica of my house right next door to my house
0: <laughs> like, i wonder what scale like one fourth scale i'm <laughs> um, now i'm just picturing a tiny version of my house
1: Right. And I feel like the the, the ceilings are a lot lower. Right. The
0: front door is like two and a half feet.
1: You have to crawl in. Right. But the the layout inside is identical. Yeah. But just like, but the couch is like tiny. Like the couch only fits one person. Like a 13 inch black
0: and white TV. The refrigerator holds like maybe four cans of soda. Yeah. It's a mini fridge. (laughs) It's just mini. it's just next door. It's like a dollhouse.
1: Right. And I make my wife and kids live
0: in it. Right. <laughs> now listen. We're going to live in the same neighborhood. <laughs> and I know how you love this house. And so I want all, you to have all the same privileges and uh, amenities and, and <laughs> that we have here. Here's the thing. It's a lot smaller. <laughs> it's about a fourth of the size. But you'll be next door. <laughs> i got some good news and some bad news. The good news is we're getting a divorce, finally. Bad news
1: is I think it's time for us to go ahead and call it quits in this relationship. Good news is you get to keep the kid and the two of you get to move next door into a mini house. Almost exactly like this
0: one. How would your wife respond if you guys split up? And you bought her a house next door. I've been in your house in, in Philly and bought her a house next door that was, say, just like a, a half or a third as big as yours, but it was exactly the same layout, just so she'd be real familiar with it. What would her response to that be?
1: Well, I'll just, I mean, let's be honest, within like a day,
0: I would be living in the mini house. Hey, the mini house would be yours. Right. right. That's, that's how she'd feel about it. Right. And right. you give her you give her a key, and it's just a little mini key. <laughs> <laughs> How much money would I have to pay you, Johnny, to live, say, for a year just using all mini things? Like living in a mini house, all mini, like the cups you drink it's out awesome. of are like this big. Uh, your bike is a mini bike, like one of those bikes that monkeys Wait, ride at so. the certain... Yeah, but smaller. You know, your car is just a really mini car, like one of those Eastern European cars from like before the wall fell. Right. How much would I have to pay you to live like that for a year? <laughs> Everything you use is mini. The pencil in your hand would just be like a little nub.
1: Yeah. I, you know how annoyed I get with things.
0: Yeah, I do.
1: <laughs> and so I think you know that this is exceptionally non-viable for my life. I can deal with big situations fairly well, but little things really drive me to the brink of insanity.
0: If I wanted to expand the size of your house, say double, double the size of everything, that would be better. Yes. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd have to, you'd have to pay me a a pretty sizable sum to only live in, in miniature. I mean, I see those miniature houses, like, you know, they're hot right now on TV and stuff. And I just don't know how people do it without losing their minds.
0: Well, your wife would be there too, unless like, unless part of this was that you were going to split up, which almost certainly would happen.
1: (laughs) Yes. If we moved into a miniature house, I am very comfortable in saying, we. how long
0: would it take your wife to leave you? If you three guys knew, okay, yeah, it's actually longer than I thought.
1: So, uh, Hefner's Playboy bunnies were known to live in the mansion and were subject to mandatory 9 p.m. curfews and film nights three nights a week, where Hefner's favorite 1950s films would be played.
0: Yeah, can you imagine just like Having people living in your house and you set a curfew for them and make them watch your favorite movies.
1: But you also, when you get to like our age, you don't want a bunch of people running in and out of the house all hours of the day and night in his defense. Playboy Mansion in her 20s, it would have been all systems go, right? Do right. what you will, come and go as you please. Fine.
0: Watch whatever you want on TV.
1: hmm <laughs> Right, right, right. Right. I don't care. But, you know, now that we're in our mid forties, look, I'm um, thankful that there's just beautiful women and tight clothes running around my house all hours of the day and night. But is it too much to ask that you be in bed by nine o'clock? You know, I mean, I'm I'm trying to get some sleep here and it's just all everybody wants to do is party. And one more request. uh, How do you like the movie Shane? Cause that's what we'll be watching tonight.
0: Imagine being one of the bunnies and knowing it's a movie night and the voice comes over the intercom or whatever. And it's like, Hey, my bunnies meet in the the common movie theater, at eight o'clock. We're going to be watching high noon together. You know, come on again. You're just like, ah, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> I <Like>, haven't <been laughs> watched anything but like movies from the fifties for the last two years. A lot of their um, knowledge
1: is, you know, about modeling. A lot of their knowledge is about, you know, how to make themselves uh, uh, look a certain way and how to act in different social situations. And also 1950s film. Like, that's just (laughs) the really out of left field thing that all of these stunningly gorgeous women uh, just all have. And they all know a lot about. Yeah, so fun fact, a lot of Playboy bunnies are 1950s film experts. That would actually be a really great game show, would be to have some of those former bunnies on and only ask trivia about 1950s films. Right, you would bring on like Ken Jennings and like all these other heavyweights, but like every topic is like
0: 1950s thrillers. 1950s romance films. (laughs) 1950s pornography. Rotating beds. Uh, <laughs> Vibrating beds.
1: Two different topics. Yeah, you'd be like, what uh, What bed company was invented by uh, John Huffnagel in 1958? What is uh, magic Mag- fingers, Alex? <laughs> in 2016, Playboy Mansion was listed for sale by Playboy Enterprises. Obviously, things have been getting tough for the magazine since people don't really subscribe to magazines anymore. And for the asking price of $200 a uh, Guy ended up buying it for half that, $100 million, and under the condition that Hefner had to be allowed to continue to rent the mansion for the rest of his life. Well, good news for the buyer, Hefner died a few months later, uh, meaning that he no longer had to house Hugh Hefner.
0: I'm assuming he bought the mini mansion also at, at half the price of what the original mansion was bought for.
1: A quarter of the price.
0: Right, because it's one fourth Uh, scale.
1: Right, right, right. So the square footage was exactly the same price per square foot. Uh and he has actually said he's going to connect the two
0: with a secret tunnel. I always wanted secret tunnels connected, like my friend's houses and mine.
1: Oh, absolutely. I remember I visited a house when I was like eight, and like for some reason they had like these little like mini doors and you could like crawl through them and come out there the other side in a different room. And that's still the coolest thing I've ever seen in a home. That's
0: how you get like from the study to the uh, conservatory or whatever in Clue.
1: Yeah, so I, you know, and I've always, you know tried to convince my wife about, you know trying to like have a thing where if you like pull a book out of a bookcase, like it spins around like I've
0: always wanted that. I have too. And my wife has been pretty (laughs) non-receptive.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know it's like and it's like can we at least have this conversation Uh, because i mean all she does is just roll her eyes and then go back to whatever she's doing right and i'm like i'm trying to talk to you about beautifying the house right and you know you know when she brings up stuff she wants to do to make the house look better i have to
0: pretend to be interested right so can she at least pretend that's true i'm sitting there i bring this up to my wife and you know i get a similar reaction to what your wife uh, gives you the role, and then she goes back to making money to support our family. Uh,
1: you know, we could probably get this done for like fifteen thousand dollars and uh, you know, it won't add any value to the house. and in fact, we'll probably take some value out of the house. but right. we're gonna have to
0: eat a little lean for the next eight or nine months. There's gonna be a lot of ramen, yeah, yeah, so tighten the old belt buckle, but uh, <laughs> the the payoff will
1: be that our bookcase will spin entirely around in a circle, like Hugh Hefner's bed. So he dies and the looters roll in. U.S. Magazine Globe, a source told U.S. Magazine Globe that the bedrooms, even halves, were stripped of things like sex toys, gold-plated statues, used sheets, and lingerie.
0: Such bullshit. Used sheets. Lot- a lot of a similar to used Playboys.
1: We talked quite a bit recently about perverts.
0: We did. And Extensively. Exactly. Yeah,
1: I feel like we can kind of go back there because I feel like the type of person that breaks into a home and steals used sex toys is probably somebody similar to the Swiss cheese pervert.
0: We know where he was on that, that couple I couple don't. days dress, uh, stretch there. No, he'd probably just been released from prison. If he went. Right.
1: <laughs> right. We still don't know. But if he did, you know, so, we'd like him to get out. Yeah, right. Free the man now. And if he
0: didn't, just leave him alone.
1: Right. Uh, but yeah, so people broke into the home, stole used lingerie and sex toys. Um, I've never, uh, I would never steal, just for the record, uh, if I broke into a home, probably the last two things I'm taking are the sex toys and the used cheats. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like literally like everything else in the house is up for grabs. If I'm breaking in, everything in the house is up for grabs. If I like a lamp, I might take it, okay? <laughs> I'll do you one if, better.
0: I will take it <laughs> if I like that lamp.
1: If I see some jewelry I like, it goes in the bag, okay? I might even wear it but out. I, yeah, if I see a dildo lying next to the bed, <laughs> I might even
0: What if it it's... What if it was still in its original factory packaging, though? (laughs) You're like, like, you knew they didn't use it. And you're like, I could use a new dildo. This one's wrapped. It's free. No one's going to miss it. I mean, (laughs) Can you imagine getting, if you got caught just in general looting a house, and the cops are like, freeze, (laughs) and they got you coming out of the door, and you just hold up your hands, and you just have a gigantic (laughs) dildo in one hand. Well, one no, oh, one in each hand. Drop that dildo. <laughs> <laughs> one in each hand. One black, one Caucasian. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I tell you to
1: freeze, freeze. and so they march you out of the house, and, and you still,
0: you still got <laughs> <still stick> <laughs> the dildo. <laughs> or... Maybe one okay. sticking out of your pocket too, <laughs> just. There was just a pile of them on the floor, and they were all still like in their original boxes. But then you I took mean, them out of the boxes to carry them out. <laughs> the so you could just,
1: carry more. Just disgusted. The neighbors are just absolutely horrified you as to come out of the house. And you're like trying to cover your face so that the media can't... You're just covering your face with a couple of dildos. The neighbors
0: in that mini house next door are just horrified as you come marching out with handfuls of dildos. Can you imagine the picture of you? Like that, you know, because there's obviously going to be like a money shot picture of you that would get in the front page of the paper. I'm trying to think of what the most embarrassing picture there could be of you like on the front page.
1: Yeah, yeah. That, that you would yeah, just you're, be you're,
0: known by for the rest of your life.
1: You're trying to cover. You're trying to cover your head, but that's not doing
0: you any good because it's just big dildos <laughs> everywhere.
1: <laughs> so I, but you I, just you know, won't drop. Yeah. <laughs> And I think that that's a lesson for the listener. You know, if you do break into a home, just no matter, even if, they're, even if they're still in the factory
0: packaging, leave the dildos alone. You want to think to yourself, you want always want to think worst case scenario. You want to think to yourself, what would happen if there was a, if the, a picture of me ended up on the front page of the paper holding what I'm holding? You want to, right. Like you want to be holding jewelry, like you said, stacks of cash. Mm-hmm. You know, right. A little and lingerie, then, like, that's okay. Some right. used lingerie, as it were.
1: Yeah, but if you come running out of the Playboy Mansion, just hands just covered
0: in dildos. With like a used like, sheet tied around your neck like a cape.
1: Right, right. Like, yeah, like one of those QAnon guys in the Capitol building. And like you're just running around and and, and they get just get a shot of you. Like nobody's going to take you seriously as a criminal. Good. That's part of the problem. Too. Good luck in like, your
0: next job interview also.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's going to follow you folks. So you want to, you want to
0: teach elementary school, huh? (laughs) Aren't you that guy that they caught running out of the playboy mansion with all those dildos?
1: Yep. Yeah. Well, unfortunately we're not going to be allowed. We're not going to be able to bring you into this, uh, uh, into this church group. Um, we had hoped to have you on board the team as treasurer, but, um, we saw the photo of you running around with all those dildos and, uh, we think it'd be best if you just left the church. Uh, so there you have it, folks. You know, there's there's all the history of the Playboy Mansion. Um, I think and you know, a little more. Again, I think you probably learned a lot. Um, we've laughed a little, we've cried a little, and uh, I think now that if you're out at a party, I think thanks to us, you're going to have a lot to talk about um, if the Playboy Mansion comes up.
0: Yeah, man. Thanks for bringing that topic up. That was a lot of fun.
1: All right, folks. Well, we want to thank you for joining us. Uh, we hope to. Uh, we hope you like the podcast. We hope you uh, rate it highly in iTunes, Spotify, etc. Subscribe. Do all that good stuff. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again next week. My name's Johnny Goodtime. I'm Nat's Truth
0: Jones. Take it light. Later. <laughs> I blabber, great. I immediately make the wonder twins, yeah, the actor, big.